0: Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. Today we're going to be talking about chores and how I approach chores um, and help getting kids to help around the house with my family. I get asked about this a lot, especially when people find out that we don't use any kind of reward systems or chart systems or punishments or taking away privileges or any allowance that's tied to chores. People are very curious to know how I get my kids to help around the house. And I actually have two very helpful children who this weekend were so sweet, they folded my laundry for me because I had a headache and they wanted to take care of me and do something nice for me and lighten my load so and that all happened within a context of never forcing them to do tours or you know making it a big deal and so I just wanted to share my approach to chores. Well, I'm gonna be sharing some 10 tips for getting your kids and your family your kids to help more around the house but I want to start with the story and that really informs how I approach this with my kids in my family so my husband is in his teaching semester he's a professor he's an accounting professor, and he's in his teaching semester this year. And it's been a lot for him. He has had additional responsibilities. He has got a lot of service. He made tenure last year. So things have been interesting and hard for him. And when he does teaching, he has to prep a lot and do a lot of grading the night before. He's teaching a really intense seminar. And so yesterday, after the kids were in bed, normally, if I'm the one who cooks, he's the one who cleans up the kitchen. That's our normal kind of family routine. But yesterday, he had a really bad headache. He's been having so much stress that he has some jaw aching. And he had so much work to do that if he had done the kitchen cleanup, he would have been had to stay up really late. And so I, as a loving wife and partner told him not to worry about it, to go do his work. And I would take care of cleaning up the kitchen, even though I wasn't supposed to, even though I didn't have to, that was a gift. That's something that we do in our family. And I felt no resentment over it. I was really happy to be able to help him and support him in that way. Just like he is happy when he gets a chance to support me and help me. I was flexible. I wasn't rigid. I didn't you know, count the number of times I've cleaned the kitchen versus the number of times he's cleaned the kitchen and, Held firm, like, nope, it's your turn. You have to do it. I took into account outside circumstances. I was willing and free um, and gracious to help him. Most of you are probably like that in your relationships with your partners or with your friends, the other adults in your lives. You are willing to help them out. You're willing to take on more of a load when they're struggling and support them. And that energy that is what i want my kids to know about chores and about taking care of a home and about being in a family and so that's actually the energy that i bring to my kids when it comes to doing chores so I think when we start thinking about getting our kids involved in chores and we start thinking about how we want them to help and what we want them to know about what it means to be in a family and what it means to take responsibility for a home, what it means to support one another, how we do that, how we show up for one another. What is the family culture around taking care of a home and taking care of a family, keeping things running smoothly, keeping things neat and tidy so that we can find things and enjoy our homes and enjoy our lives. Like we have to think about what we want our kids to know and do we want our kids to know that mom and dad have these rules and we have to follow them whether it works for us or not, whether we're having a hard day or not, that we have to to do these things, whether we want to or not, or do we want them to know that part of being a family is supporting each other. Part of being in a family is having each other's back. When you've had a hard day, I will be happy to take on the load. And I know that when I've had a hard day, you will take on the load. So another story from yesterday was the dishwasher day. So my kids, one of their jobs is they unload the dishwasher for us. When we redid our kitchen, we removed all of the dishes so that they're all down low, so that it's easy for them to put them away. They love this job. They get to listen to Harry Potter or another audiobook while they are doing it. It's fun. They enjoy it. But yesterday, they both had long, hard days at school. And one of them had been up a couple of times in the night with nightmares. They were tired. They were burnt out. They were done. They didn't have it in them to do that or to enjoy it. And it's more important to me that they know that I'm there to support them, that I've got their back, that I will help them, that I care about their mental health, that there are times when you need to rest and when you need to listen to your body and take that opportunity to rest and that the people that they love will support them in doing that. Those things are much more important to me for them to know and learn as their children and as they grow into adults than the idea that, sometimes there are things that we don't want to do and we just have to do them. I personally think that there is plenty of time for kids to learn that lesson as they age and as they grow. They will learn that. They don't need to learn that from me, from their mom. They don't need to learn that when they're five and eight. What they need to learn in this moment is that in this family, we support each other. In this family, when you're tired and you don't have anything left to give, there are people who will come up behind you and help you carry your load. That's what I want my kids to know about being in our family about being members of our family yes we all share responsibility they definitely have things that they do on a regular basis like tidying their toys tidying their rooms putting their laundry away putting away the dishes in the evenings after you know or after meals they put their dishes into the dishwasher they have expectations but there are days when it's too hard there's days when it's too hard for me too like there's a load of laundry right now that needs to be folded it's in the middle of the playroom and I don't want to do it. I'm tired. I don't like, I, it's the last thing I want to do. I'll do it eventually, but I don't have to do it right now. And as adults, we give ourselves the freedoms to make those decisions. And we don't always take into consideration that kids are people too, and they have things going on. They have things that make it hard for them to do the chores that they, you know, the responsibilities that they have as a part of being in a family. And I think it's really important that we think about that. So I think it's really important if you're thinking about adding some chores for your kids or wanting your kids to engage in some housekeeping or tidying to really have a clear vision and goals for what you want your kids to know about being in a family about responsibility taking about taking care of a home taking care of their things and also consider how do kids learn those things best We as humans are social learners. We learn through observation. It's one of the best ways for us to learn. And so if we want our kids to grow up enjoying a neat and tidy home, if we want them to grow up where they have the sense that in a family we support each other and we help each other when things are hard, we've got each other's back, like we have to model that now when they're young so they can see us. They need to see us enjoying our housework and taking care of our home. If we don't enjoy it, they need to see us using strategies to help make it more Enjoyable, like listening to a podcast while we do the dishes they need to see us being gracious with them and kind and flexible with them understanding that they are humans they're imperfect beings as are we and meeting them where they are those are the things that support a child in learning these long-term goals we often become very focused on the short term of like the dishwasher needs to be unloaded and it gets in the way of us showing up for our kids and for our family in a way that really ultimately supports our long-term goals because yeah, of course I want the dishwasher unloaded. It is so lovely when I say it's time to unload the dishwasher and get out the Harry Potter, audiobook, and they're like, yay, and they go and do it. Yes, that's so easy. That like, That's so wonderful when that happens. But when I get resistance, I get curious. What's going on? Oh, you're tired. You need support. You need help. You'd like me to be able to do it for you this time. I understand. Okay, are you able to do some of it? Is there part of it you could do? No, you're really too tired, or you really had a long day and you really need that play? Okay, I understand that. So I'll do it after bedtime, but that probably means I won't be as available for a second tuck-in. Is that okay with you oh it is okay so we made a deal and we're collaborative and in that process they learn that when I have a problem, I go to my parents and they will help me. And these are p- small problems now when they're little, you know, my kids are eight and five, but one day they're going to be big problems. They're going to be, you know, I drank too much at a party that I wasn't expecting to drink at and I don't have a ride or my partner is pressuring me to do things that I don't want to do and I don't know what to do. Like I want them to know that they can come to me with small problems now so that, you know, they get bigger and the problems get bigger. They still know that they can come to me and get support from me. And I know that that seems like really deep for like chores and like, let's get the bed made, but it's all relevant. It is all in an environment of learning and a context and a relationship that supports really communicating our deep core values. Those day-to-day interactions communicate in a very real way what's important to us what matters to us and my relationship with my kids matters way more than having to unload a dishwasher that I wasn't expecting to and I didn't really want to so these are the things that are so important and it's also so important for us to trust that our kids won't always be small they won't always need as much help that they will build responsibility by watching us and having us model it for them. So one of the things that my kids do every day is put their dishes away in the dishwasher after a meal. And there have been plenty of times when my oldest was young and she said, no, I'm not doing it. Evie, her little sister was too little and she wasn't walking, so we always cleared her plate. Evie doesn't have to do it, I'm not doing it. And my response was, oh honey, it looks like it's hard for you today. Here, I'll help you, I'll always help you. And I would help her. And so like now she's eight and when her five-year-old sister is in that phase of no i'm not going to do it because that's how five-year-olds can be sometimes she looks at her sister and she goes oh evie you're tired today it's hard for you i'll put your plate away for you let me do it let me help you and that's the payoff but it took years to see it it's not immediate it's not a short-term thing if you are looking for immediate compliance and obedience that's a different story and a different conversation and there are different tools that will get you that but those two very tools undermine the long-term goal of really building in kind compassionate caring and supportive kids that's what we're building here right and so like it is very incredibly heartwarming and fulfilling to see my gentle loving supportive words come out of my child's mouth and no of course I make mistakes and other more negative uh, things that I say also come out of my kid's mouth. That's just reality because we're human and we all make errors in our parenting or in any, like we're all imperfect beings, right? But when I see that happening, that's when I know. And that's like, that's what builds that trust in me that I can confidently keep going in this process and trust my kids to learn this. Like this weekend, I had a headache I wasn't feeling my best. I didn't feel up to folding laundry. And my kids said to me, oh, mom, don't worry. We're the laundry fairies. We'll fold your laundry for you. And they made it into a game. They pretended to be laundry fairies and they folded and put away my laundry for me. And that didn't happen by accident. That happened with intention through practice. And so using these 10 tips that I'm going to give you. Okay, so the first one is start inviting them into the world of your work and the care and kind of caretaking of a family at an early age. When they want to get involved, say yes to them, even if it would take you so much faster if you just did it yourself. When they want to help and they're asking to help, that's when you encourage that sense of responsibility, that sense of we're a part of a family and we all work together. You don't deny them that opportunity to learn that. So when they are asking, or they're young and you can invite them in kind of just as an open invitation. This is what I'm doing. I love spending time with you. Come be a part of it. Oh, I'm folding. Do you want me to teach you? Yeah. Okay. And now it's also like, it's okay to decline help when you're frustrated, you're feeling overwhelmed. You have so much to do and you just need to check things off of a list and that's where you are. Be honest about it. It's okay to say like, no, I really need to fold this. Or if your kid is in a stage where they are like throwing the laundry and you know that they're going to throw the laundry, like fold the laundry up on a counter where they can't reach it. That's okay. It's okay to preserve your own sanity so that you don't get resentful of your child. But if you can, if you're in the right mindset and you can consciously attempt to shift into the mindset of if I say yes to their request to help now, it'd be more likely to get their help in the future. I am building a relationship, building a family building a culture where we help each other so get the kids involved when they're young and then express sincere gratitude and enjoyment in their company so i'm not talking about like overt praise or kind of empty rewarding with like yay good jobs but like really like looking in their eyes and saying like wow thank you for helping me fold that that really helped me. Expressing sincere gratitude for them. And it is relationship building, but it also makes them wanna keep going. It makes them feel important. Like they really contributed to the family and everybody wants to feel important. All humans want to feel that they are making important contributions to wherever they are, whether it's in their job or in their family. And they absolutely want to be involved and we want them to know how important they are. So this is something that my eight-year-old will say to me, mom, I like having this job. It makes me feel like I'm useful. It makes me feel like I'm an important part of the, our family. And she is an important part of our family. And so really expressing that sincere gratitude and appreciation, and then also how much you enjoy being with them, taking them alongside you and that you are spending this time together. That chore something that's maybe mundane and tedious and not so fun can actually be something that's connecting and loving and a way that we can feel closer together. Because it's not the activity that we're doing, but the person we're doing it with that we're enjoying. So that brings us to the third tip, is making it a part of the family culture. In this family, we pitch in. In this family, we help each other out. Not because we're getting cookies or money or because we get some reward for it, but because this is what we do in our family. In our family, you know, we make our beds. In our family, we tidy our toys before dinner. Here, let's go ahead and get started. With confidence that you'll join me when you're ready because you're part of the family and we do this together. It's confidence, you know, that they will join you not forcing them, not that they are going to join you because they're going to get toys taken away or that they're going to join you because they won't get a cookie after dinner, but they're going to join you because they want to, because they want to be an important part of the family. And we have to trust that kids do. And kids learn by watching. Kids learn what's important to a culture, what's what they need to be successful by watching us do it. And being involved in the daily lives of kids, you know, of their family, being involved in the process of what it takes to keep a family going, like cooking, cleaning up, tidying, like those are important parts of our lives. We do spend a lot of time doing them. They're very interested in this. There's no one more helpful than a two-year-old. They haven't learned that they're not supposed to want to help. And the second we start rewarding them for doing something that they naturally want to do, the second we start rewarding them for that, we teach them like, you're not supposed to want to do this here. In order to be able to do this, I need to give you some positive thing. We're telling them, we're communicating to them in a very real way that they're not supposed to want to do this. And it's unnatural that they should want to do it. And we train helpfulness out of our kids in doing so. So rather than doing that, the sincere expression of gratitude without any praise and rewards lets them know yeah, this is something you're supposed to want to do. This is something that's enjoyable. This is something that we do together as a family. This is our culture. This is what we do as a family. And so the first three tips then are invite them at a young age, express sincere gratitude, but without rewards so that you don't train that helpfulness out of them. And then three is make it a part of the family culture. And then four is make it fun. You know, some people get lots of enjoyment out of doing their chores and working in their homes. I am not that person. That is not my thing. You can see the untidiness behind me. I am not a neat and tidy person by nature. I do like knowing where things go. I absolutely think that my home runs better when everything has a place, everything can go in that place, but sometimes reluctant to do that. So I use a lot of things to make my time while I'm working on the home more enjoyable. I listen to music. I dance while I'm doing dishes. I will listen to podcasts. And it's okay to teach our kids those skills of taking a task that maybe is more mundane more tedious and learning how to make it fun so we have a cleaning playlist that we play when we're tidying up our room or we pretend to be cleaning fairies and it's a game there's lots of ways to make it fun and playful and that skill of learning how to like this is something we have to do and we don't have to just muddle through it we can actually enjoy it because it can be connecting and fun for us like that is a critical skill much more important than learning that like hey sometimes kid there's things you have to do and you don't want to do them and you just have to do them that's part of being a grown-up like that's true but we can also teach the really important skill of like yeah sometimes there are things that we need to do in order for our life to flow more smoothly and we can enjoy them we can make them more enjoyable by doing these things so making it fun And then number five is to build it into the rhythm. If it's into the flow of your day, you know, first we do this, then we do this, then we tidy before we have lunch. You know, if it's built into the flow of your day, they'll come to expect it. And even if at the beginning, when you start building it into your rhythm, they don't join you, they will eventually. I guarantee it. They will join you, especially if you keep inviting them without punitive approach to it, where you are modeling having fun, that you're modeling getting enjoyment out of it, the process, you know, if you want to, like, it's time to tidy, I'm happy to put on a podcast for you. Let me know if you want to join me. Okay. And then like they decide, yes, I do wanna to listen to a podcast. Okay, we put the podcast on and you're helping. Oh, you're done helping? Well, let's turn the podcast off. Like you can teach them to make it enjoyable, keep them engaged, but building it into that rhythm is so much fun. And then as they age and you ask them to take on more and more responsibility, so this is number six, try to be collaborative as you are asking them to take on more. So for example, the unloading of the dishwasher is a new thing that we've asked our kids to start doing. We When the pandemic hit and we were just finishing up our kitchen remodel, we had so many more dishes because we were all eating at home we were all home all day and the parents were getting overwhelmed and so we sat down and we had a family meeting about how much more dishes there were and we had a problem solving session on like to figure out how to make it so that there was less work for the parents so that there was more time for parents to play with kids they came up with the idea that they would unload the dishwasher they came up with the idea that in our new kitchen we could put the dishes down low so that they could unload the dishwasher and they came up with the idea that they could listen to harry potter which is a thing that they don't get to listen to an audiobook very often that they could do that while they were unloading the dishwasher. It was their idea. They were invested. They were bought into it. And most of the time they do it without any problem. They are happy and eager to get to do it because they were involved in the process because it wasn't something that was top down from the parents. You have to do this. I've decided this is what's right for our family and you're going to do it. Oftentimes we approach chores in that way, that top-down way. And if we can come alongside them, present them with a problem, hey, I have a problem and I need your help with it. There's too many dishes and I feel overwhelmed. What should we do as a family to make sure there's not so many dishes? I mean, there were other options. We could have hand-washed each person's dish at the end of each meal. That could have been an option. There were plenty of options. It's important that we as parents know that we don't always have the best ideas or the ideas that kids are gonna buy into and want to do like we need to ask them they have really good ideas sometimes and we just don't give them the benefit of the doubt to ask them what would be best for you okay and so then number seven is to be flexible understand that there will be times and seasons where things are harder if they have just gone back to school and they're low on energy because they're doing a whole bunch of new things expect that you might have to be flexible number eight is respect their time and agenda um, and what they're doing so often we expect as parents as the adults that our agenda matters more that what we want to happen matters more the timing that's right for us matters more and we expect our kids to care about what our agenda is and what timing is important for us and they don't it's not reasonable for the most part to ask them to care about things like making sure we get to work on time that's an adult concern and their kids it's not there's concern to take on and they have their own agenda so if like if our goal is we want to be able to vacuum the floor before lunch on a saturday because you want to have all the housework done you know before lunch so you want to be able to vacuum the floor and in order to do that the kids need to pick up the legos Right? So if that's the situation, it can be quite tempting to say, I need to vacuum. You need to pick up your Legos now. That is only going to invite resistance from kids. And it doesn't take into consideration what they have going on and what's their plan. I like to come alongside them and say, okay, I would really like to get the floor vacuumed before rest time. What's your plan for the Legos? because I can't vacuum until the Legos are picked up. And so like, what's your plan is a really great phrase to have in your back pocket. Just what's your plan? And they might say, well, I wanna finish up these things and then I'll pick up the Legos. Okay, how would you like me to remind you? You know, like how would you like me to support you in making sure that the Legos get picked up? Set a timer and when the timer goes off, I'll do it. Or, you know, when I'm done playing, we can put on some music or on a podcast and they tell me what they need to support them in getting the task done. And then we make an agreement and we do it. And sometimes there's a little bit of resistance. Sometimes there's the need to be flexible and adjust, you know, the plan. And it's okay. None of this is an emergency. You know, for the most part, most things in our lives with our kids, even if they feel incredibly urgent to us as adults, we really do have time to slow down, take a breath, get clear on what it is that we want out of our kids and out of this interaction. So like in interactions like that, again, each one we are communicating our core values and our priorities and our goals to our kids. If I come in, the, in there and say, "Well, I don't care if that you're not done playing. I want you to pick up these things now." We are communicating some very real, very intense things to our kids that we don't think that their agenda and time matters, that we think their play is frivolous and not as important as our work, that we don't respect their time and And that the way you get what you want is to bulldoze people and to demand things. We're teaching some really important lessons when we approach chores in that way. But when we approach it coming alongside them, we teach them other things. Like when I have a problem and someone else is getting in my way of what I need to do, I approach them and I state my problem clearly and I ask for their help. And when I need help, I know I can do that too. That I can go alongside someone and tell them my problem and get some help and support that in this family we work together in this family we respect each other and each other's time like the lessons that you're teaching in these approaches are really important and really powerful and so important to think about it Okay, and so then number nine is modeling graciousness. This is a concept that is not necessarily new, but Robin Enzig of Visible Child has a lovely post on it if you're looking more, wanting to look more into like some nice writings on modeling graciousness. And I love this idea. And it's something that works really well in my family, that if we trust our kids to learn what they need from by through observation and by experiencing respectful interactions, that we trust that by experiencing those interactions that they will learn how to then go ahead and be respectful in their interactions in the future. It takes a lot of trust and we can be pretty confident that kids will do that. They might not always be able to, they might not always have that capacity and it might take a little bit longer. This is a long game sort of goal, right? But I want to treat my kids when it comes to things like chores and housework in the way that I wanna be treated. So when I'm having a long, hard day and there's a pile of dishes in the sink and it's my turn to clean up the dishes, I want my husband to be like, man, you've had a hard day. You just spent all day recording that new class and I know you're exhausted. Let me do those dishes for you. That's what I want to, how I wanna be treated. In a family, that's how I wanna be in my marriage. And that's what I want my kids to learn too. I want them to learn that we have each other's back that we support each other in this family, that we all share the load, and sometimes some people take more of it, and then sometimes other people take more of it, and that when you have a problem, you can go to your family and they'll help and support you. And so, in times when I'm met with resistance, and it's very easy to get invited into a power struggle over things like picking up toys or making your bed or putting your dishes away, I instead soften and get curious. What's getting in your way? It's hard today, huh? Yeah, it's hard, okay. I'll help you. When it's hard, I'll help you. And I know parents are worried sometimes when they hear this, like they're worried, like, well, then they're just gonna say it, always say it's hard. and they're gonna just walk all over you. And that's fear talking. And I don't parent from a place of fear. I parent from a place of trust and relationships and connection and trust in our connection. And, it's just the evidence in my own family and in the families that I've worked with and the other families who I see in communities who embrace this approach and have older kids, it's just not true. That is our brain talking. Those are old scripts and worries about human nature and child development that are not based in reality. When kids are treated with compassion and understanding and respect, they turn around and embrace those values themselves and demonstrate them in their own actions. Not always, not perfectly, And it takes a while to come on board. But I mean, my kids folded my laundry and put it away for me this weekend. And that is not by accident. That was not like a fluke. It's something that they consistently do. They're generous with their time. They're gracious. They meet people where they are. And they do that because that's happened. Because over and over again, when they were very young, when they were having a hard time, my response was, oh, you're having a hard time. I'm happy to help. In this family, we always help each other. And they've heard that over and over and over, and they've experienced what it's like to be held in the hands of someone you love and be treated with compassion and grace and be offered grace. They've experienced it, they know what it feels like, and they wanna give that back. That's how they wanna show up in the world, in their, in their family. Again, not always, not perfectly. It's always a work in progress. But I mean, it's so important to think about that. Like think about like, what do I want my kids to know? And this brings us to number 10 is to keep your eye on the long game. It is so easy to get narrowed in and focused in on the here and now with the clothes have to get put away, the bed has to get made, the dishes need to get put away, the, you know, whatever it is, the toys have to get picked up. It's so easy to focus in on that and get blinded by what really matters by what you're really connected to what you really like what your purpose is in raising these kids what your mission is in raising this family what you really believe about being in a family about people and human nature and relationships and connection and valuing those things more than things and jobs and chores and it's so easy to get focused in on the here and now on the short game rather than keeping an eye on that long game, keeping an eye on the the long term goals that you have for your kids and for your family, what you want them to know about what it means to be in a family, what you want them to know about how you feel about them, like their worthiness and their acceptability and their lovability is not in any way tied to their behavior or whether they have a tidy room or a made bed. Those things are unrelated to their worth and to how you love and feel about them. Those are the the things you want to communicate to your kids. And it is so easy to get so narrowed in on those short-term goals where you're looking for compliance and looking for obedience. And then you engage in parenting tactics that undermine your long-term goals. When we say, you know, put, you know, put your toys away or I'm putting them in the timeout box and you can, you know, or they're going into toy jail and you don't get them for the next week, that undermines your long-term goals of I want my kids to know that in a family we support each other. I want my kids to know that I love them unconditionally and I've got their back. I want my kids to know that when they are, have a problem that they can come to me and I'll help them figure it out. You know, those are the long game pictures. And I think it's just that if you take away nothing else from being in my world and in my community that's what i want you to start thinking about in the moment when you're frustrated and i know it's so frustrating when you've asked them 10 times to pick up their legos and you've still stepped on another one and it freaking hurts i know it is but just stop and think like in this moment i have a powerful opportunity to teach my kids something something really important about themselves about relationships about what it means to be in a family and about how i feel about them what do i want to communicate Do I want to communicate to them that, you know, I don't approve of them if they don't pick up perfectly? Do I want to communicate to them that their acceptability goes up and down based on whether they comply with my wishes the first time? Do I want to communicate to them that when they're having a hard day, the world is cold and hard and nobody's going to help them. You got to help yourself. Like, is that really what I want them to know about themselves and about relationships and about being a good person? And I guarantee, no, that is not what you want them to know. You're on this page because you want your kids to know that they are lovable and worthy regardless of what they do, regardless if their room is a mess, they are worthy of compassion and support. You want them to know that in a family, we have each other's back, we turn towards each other. It's us against the world. We are a team and we work together. I guarantee that that's what you want to know when you really sit down and think about what your long-term goals are. And I know we're talking about chores but all of the parenting is about these long-term goals every interaction you have with your child should be couched in like the conscious idea of am I parenting in a way that supports my long-term goals or am I parenting in a way that undermines my long-term goals and we're not looking for perfection we of course make mistakes I make mistakes every day with my kids, I apologize, I repair, we reconnect. And that builds resilient relationships. We're not looking for perfection, but really questioning, like, why am I doing this? Why am I so focused on having a neat and tidy bed when I actually could be focused on building a relationship with my kid and having a neat and tidy bed as a happy side bonus. I think really like when we have competing priorities, When we have values that we wanna communicate to our kids and responsibilities that we as adults have to maintain, it is hard, it's hard to slow down, but we do need to. There is time, very little of this is an emergency. There's time to slow down and take a breath and think to yourself, what is more important to me right now in this moment? Is it more important that the Legos get picked up right this very second? Or is it more important that I'm continually building a relationship with my child and hopefully cultivating an atmosphere where they are going to want to pick up the Legos when I ask. Maybe not the first time, but help and support. So, okay, those are the things I wanted to communicate and all these things are so important. But again, it's about creating an environment where chores are things that are part of a family culture and that we all help each other on. And there will be times when it's harder. Sometimes it's hard for me to do it. Sometimes it's hard for dad to do it. Sometimes it's hard for sister to do it. And when that happens, as a family, we pick up the slack and we help each other out. Like that's the environment of compassion and understanding and imperfect humanness that I wanna cultivate in my home and my family. And sometimes that means we don't have as tidy of a home as I want to, but having a tidy home is not more important than having connected deep and meaningful relationships with my family members. And that's not to minimize how important having an orderly home is for some folks. For some folks, having things in their place reduces their anxiety to a level so that they can be present and show up with their kids. that's okay too. There's no one right way to do this. All I'm asking you to do is to get clear on your goals and visions and priorities for your family and just examine, is the way that I'm approaching things currently, setting my kids up to know what I want them to know about taking care of a home, taking care of a family, being in a family, being in relationship, Like, or is there a mismatch? Is there something we need to be doing differently? What would happen if the next time we said, okay, it's time to tidy up the room, and your kid said, I'm not doing it, and you said, oh, it's hard. I'll help you this time. I'm so happy to help. Or you said, it's hard today. What could I do to make it easier? What could we do to make it more fun? Or, and they just said, I'm not doing it and I'm never going to do it. All right. I can tell that it's hard and you don't go toe to toe to them. They issue that invitation for a power struggle and you decline with grace and compassion. You say, huh? Wow. I'll help you. I can see that it's really hard. You have nothing left to give right now. And in this family, when we're worn out and tired and we don't have anything left to give, luckily we have family members who will help us. And you step in and you help and you trust that in doing so over and over and over again, they will learn what it feels like to be treated with graciousness, be treated with compassion and be treated with respect. And when they know that themselves It flows so much easier from them when they offer it to you. I mean, and I'm living proof because my kids folded and put away my laundry for me that last weekend because I had a headache and didn't want to do my laundry. And I said out loud, I don't want to do my laundry. And they said, we'll do it for you. We're going to be laundry fairies. And they were, they played a game. They pretended to be laundry fairies. They were very sneaky and they sneakily hung up my clothes for me. And it was so sweet and loving and I felt so cared for. And they knew to do that because of all of the times I've done that for them. It's not quick and easy. It's a long game thing for sure. But the payoff, whew, it's good. It's really good. Okay, I hope that this was helpful. All right, bye guys.